Hello, I'm Margaret Jo McCullen. And I'm Terry Rialto. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to TC and Jake on National Public Radio. It's a normal voice, find a new slant, move on. <laughs> I was really excited about this. Lots of people talk like this. They're called smokers. You're being ableist. Because I was talking to our, our dear friend Dan McDowell after the show yesterday, and he's like, you know, are you are you recording with TC this week? I'm like, yeah, that's the plan. He's like, he sounds a little rough, man. I, I just, I simply disagree. I've never sounded better. <laughs> I'm going to record an album of jazz standards later. You should. You should. Are you uh, are you still coughing a lot? I see skies of blue. Okay. Uh, the cough. I mean, I'm sure I'll cough at some point. Like you know, like buzz the lens in the <laughs> in the course of my normal life, I am not. But if you talk for an hour straight and your mouth gets dry, you might start to. Yeah. No, I much like a great man once said. I feel great, groups. I don't sound great. <laughs> Satellite loophole. You do sound very similar to Norm on that voicemail right now. And I probably feel like he did because I feel great. You feel great. Now, do you think, uh, well, if, delete this if we have to. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But do you think Always that, a good start. that sawing off a huge portion of drugs rolled into? <laughs> no, it's clearly what caused it. Yes, I'm aware of that. I don't know if it caused it, but it probably didn't help. Oh, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, you know, I was the same level of sick. Then, I mean, listen, dude, it's fucking Saturday of a week, uh, of a holiday, holiday weekend. Yeah, you're at the lake, you're gonna... I can't be expected. <laughs> I gave it one day. The next day, you will note, I did not, not even once. You gave yourself one day. But at that point, you might as well go all in, though. You're gonna be sick either way. Yeah, no, so I'm, that's what I'm saying, dude. Just, you know. They had uh, they had cigars, but you know, yeah, but there was no tobacco. In they them. took out the tobacco. Right, I like that. Yeah, you're a sucker for that. <laughs> I won't turn it down. Do you think that Bob sending someone who's like trying to pull his card on talking about immigration? Do you think Bob's sending them when they say, "What are you doing about the world?" Bob sending him a photo of him with his adopted son in Honduras is. The number one or number two greatest Twitter own of all time. <laughs> it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like you're definitely improving the human condition by sharing your wealth and knowledge. Jesus Christ, you didn't have to do it to him like that. <laughs> to see, I, I see. I was gonna say, I momentarily, when I saw Bob do this to this gentleman. I momentarily considered adopting a child just for this ability. Yeah, yeah, just waiting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of baiting it too, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just waiting. That's all you tweet about from right, now on, right? For sure, it, great it's, idea. It's just such a destruction. That yeah, we should have him on just to talk about how it felt. <laughs> the guy, no, both. We should have both a round table. <laughs> what does this even mean? By the way, you got your smart water. Yeah. So I don't know. I've refilled these like hundreds of times. Oh. So this is certainly just water from your fridge. Just kind of dumb water. Yeah, it's uh, essential. But look at how st- overachieving H2O. Yeah, I don't know. It it makes me like myself less that they think that I will like that. Yeah, right. And somebody else does like it. I guess. I've met people. What are we going to do about this whole Naomi Osaka thing? <sighs> you like the discourse right now? 
Uh, Are you yeah. happy with the discourse? I, I, I don't I mean, I don't care, right? Like, it's pretty easy for me to disconnect from tennis stories, believe it or not. This is a larger story. It's not like it's just jamming up my channels. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm kind of of two minds of, like, you know, in a, in a world where uh, things are structured the way they are, I can see why press coverage is important. You know, it's certainly like uh, you're balancing things, right? Like, I, I, would, I would hope that the French Open realizes they fucked it up pretty bad when they can't get the good tennis players to play. Yeah, bottom you know, line. Yeah, yeah. That's that, a tough, tough look. If it were me and I had to choose between the press and the tennis players, like just have the press stand on the court asking questions and see how much you can sell that for the fucking TV rights for. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, to me, it, it, it proves that uh, it's bad to have a world in which uh, monetary incentives are the only factor. You class you, you you hit us with a class take on the Naomi Osaka thing. I just think if the world were constructed in a different way, we wouldn't even think about stuff like this. I, it's also because I mean, like in uh, like you're you're getting this felt. Like, do you work this way? Of you know, if I have a good thought on something else, I'm not just using it once. It's just every fucking issue that pops up for the next like three days. I'm just sure. seeing it through that. Yeah. But Dan was Dan listens to the Life Skills podcast and was asking me how I would design a school and we did we answered that question and then he was like no 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 that's kind of what I meant what I meant is if money were no object how would you design the school and my answer to the first question was like I don't think you could you know like I I whenever you ask me is there a good way to design this school I was like no I just don't think that there is and then then whenever you ask the, the if money were no object I'm like oh yeah that'd be pretty easy. You know, like I went from it's impossible to like, well, if you did these couple things, which are all incredibly expensive, it's mainly you just would want to have a ton of staff members per kid. Uh, and you would want to have, you know, like really spread out and like, like the fact that they were cramming us into too small an area for yeah. that number of kids is where a lot of the like ambient, you know, abuse comes from. I would say also like if you could get a more current Sports Illustrated schedule of deliveries. That would be good. That's going to cost sure. a little more than yeah. somehow paying to get ones that were six months old. I mean, we got them new. It's just we stopped at some point. And so all the ones that we didn't throw away the old ones. And whenever I got to them, it was a while ago that it had stopped. But uh, it just, you know, it opens my eyes to the ways in which the fact that our society is built around money uh is harming real people and like what are you gonna do about it you know i mean obviously i have my long-standing suggestions uh you know look to the way the nordic countries handle their business but you know money's still pretty important there i don't know that they're perfect in this regard if anything i would say that this to me highlights the shortcomings of that approach uh which begs then well then what approach would you want to do and i don't know i don't have any fucking idea but if we all agree on the pro if we all see the problems clearly then maybe we'll have a chance of solving them and uh you know yeah if if you if like everyone's going to get fired if this tournament doesn't make x percent more than it made last year then making sure that it gets covered as many places as possible does seem important now i feel like without this story i wouldn't know that the tournament was occurring so I think that actually I'm a big clay guy. You're <laughs> fuck you. So I, this is the one I really guy. tune in for. You know, oh, god damn it, um, Roland Garros. Are you serious, dude? But uh, so, Rafa's you know, home. I, I'm not even sure that uh, is she going to beat him. How's that work? No, because our progressive society 
Still won't let men destroy women in sports for spectacle. This is what Marco Rubio wants. (laughs) Yeah. With his uh, trans bill talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, we were talking last week about the the Marjorie Taylor Greene and the going right to Hitler move. Yeah, were we talking about how she like uh, would go to conferences and have sex with men who weren't her husband while her husband was in the corner watching, or was that another episode? Is that confirmed? Pretty much. I mean, I think it was like a lot of smoke. If you know what I mean. I mean, I definitely saw the smoke story. Show, dude. Hell yeah, blow me up. I definitely know that she was that there were rumors about her and her trainer, but I didn't know that he was. Uh, I mean, I thought that they would like, there was a story that, that he was fall welling. Her and her husband would go from like bodybuilding conference to bodybuilding conference, just being like, like, you just find a dude. Chill, traveling can, circus. Just be like, here's our cuckold. hotel room number. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Wife likes to get it knocked out. I like to watch. I, uh, what do you say, bud? I think that it's not just workout people, but I think that the watch my wife have sex slash my wife watched me have sex. I think that's very overrepresented in the CrossFit space. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why I had that feeling. It just you seems know, I like think it. they're appreciating the body in right. like an objective way, right? Where it's just like you know, hey, you've been working hard on that thing, right? Somebody else needs to just let it out and ride, the, dude. The fruits of these deadlifts, yeah. Been clanging and banging bars. Now you can. Get yourself. I could just see him like exchange, like you like. Oh, how do you like as they're fucking in the act? Like the husband's like, you know, getting up close and examining. He's like, how do you do that? He's like, oh, I got this deadlift. I'll show you. It's, you know, this little this one stretch just can really get you going. Uh, you were just telling. Oh yeah. So what I was saying about that and her and the invoking always of the Third Reich and of, uh, you know. I think that in this particular one, it was her talking about having to wear masks or get shots. The other one is uh, that we we left out. It's it's not tops on the list, but it's uh, anytime somebody calls something the um, Jim Crow of blank or blank. Did you just fart? No, it's the chair squeaking. Okay, I was gonna I say because I, happen again I can't have you do cough you and like. fart. No, I just saw that I was that. watching the Tucker Carlson clip this morning where he referred to vaccines as medical Jim Crow. Did you notice the start of that clip? Did you see the tweet that was highlighting that? No. What was it? He starts <laughs> off by saying, uh, "Whoa, this is uh, Jim Crow, one of the worst things that's ever happened in this country. But if you're watching him, he clearly starts to say best. And I mean, like, it's just a slip up. It's whatever. Right. I'm not saying that, like, now I can tell he's a racist. Yeah. But it is fucking hilarious. Like, the, whenever you're watching for it to be like, like, you can almost, it's it's like the visual representation of him, like, writing best and crossing it out and saying worst things that has ever happened. Dude, and did we make a big enough deal out of the four or five words crossed out in the Trump era? Like when you'd get a shot of his speech and you could see where he had taken a sharpie and <laughs> replaced the word. What was like? A, what was the best one? I don't know. I don't oh, remember. it was about the hurt. Well, the sh- biggest sharpie thing was when he changed the hurricane map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like there was another one too where he. Yeah, let's see here. Oh well. Yeah, he's. <laughs> it's his impeachment notes, and he like 
First of all, I think it's really unstable to write with a thick-tipped Sharpie. Love that he does it, though. <laughs> really captures his energy. He, uh, it was about the quid pro quo call, the, the Zelensky, no Zelensky auto. Is one of the best calls of all time. It's a clean call. Yeah. Tell, tell Zelensky from Zelensky Auto Parts to do the right thing. A lily white call. You about to play something for me here? Well, I, I can quickly get to the uh, the Tucker thing that I was just telling you about, so you can you don't have to take my word for it. You can see it yourself. Okay, America. Pretty much everybody agreed that segregation was the worst thing this country ever did, <laughs> forcing certain categories of citizens into separate levels. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, it's terrible. Obviously, I love it, and I want all my audience <laughs> to know that, but we have to play it straight right now, so we're all going to say it's terrible, okay? I don't know how much broadcasting you have left in you right now. <laughs> Where's he going? He's gonna. He's leaning over to spit. Well, you don't want to swallow that. That'd be gross. Jeez. Now I'm fixed. For how long? I got it all out. You know, we can see you. I mean, you're the one that likes this stuff. I like it a lot more whenever I'm sitting in a different room than you. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. Up your immune system with cold water. Do yeah, do more Wim Hof, and you won't have to worry. You want to talk about that briefly? Sure. Because uh, you know, I, I know you've been chatting about it a lot, and I, I think that we. I mean, obviously, big ups. Got to talk to the man himself. That's right, the Ice Man. Um. But, uh, yeah, I think we'd only, like, briefly had something about it off air. Um, I mean, the reason I, I would is I oh. have not heard all of your broadcasting about this, so it's possible I'm repeating points you've already made, but, well, well. Um, the thing that really draws me to it, I mean, like, you know, is breathing exercises and taking cold showers going to change your life? I mean, probably not, you know, like uh having a kid like i i started trying the breathing exercises around the time that i had a kid and i can tell you which one had more of an impact right well sure as far as changing my life uh but the thing about it that like really captivates me and i i would assume captivates many of the people that are captivated is just the notion that we can do things that we had previously written off as outside of human's ability like, whenever you find out that there's a guy that can control his own body temperature with his fucking mind, it's like, well, what the fuck else then? Right. Like, what can't we do if we can control our body with a mind? Like, is uh, that Angelina Jolie movie where people bend bullets with their mind? Are we going to find a guy Have that we just tried? figures out the technique? Yeah. Let's try. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I. On those grounds, I think it's, I just think it's fun to think about. It. It's a space that I like living in of like, you know, just feeling like there's limitless potential. It's just, it's really exciting whenever you, you know, try to examine what are the real barriers in your life and what are the ones that you thought were real, but you might've been wrong. Yeah. And I guess, especially because there's just the way that life works, you don't have a whole lot of time to be, to go about trying to test these limits you're kind of just going through your day yeah and you know i certainly am not that type of person that would ever be able to figure out that i could swim underneath ice but i'm glad they exist because it does filter out to the rest of us to make us like you said stop and think like all right maybe i do have some control over some of this stuff 
It reminds me whenever I was a kid and like the kind of like just dumbass ideas I'd get in my head. And it made me think that like we should all just like eventually I was like, obviously you're a dummy and should stop doing this stuff. And like it just seems like he never had that and it, it worked out great for him. Like uh, I would I, I had, at points would start like uh, trying to catalog all the flora and fauna around us in hopes of finding a new species. <laughs> That's awesome. Like I would read about like how there's millions of species in the Amazon no one's even heard of yet. And I was like, well, maybe there's some on Cheryl Park Golf Course. Let's go see. Uh, we did find a nutria, which uh, we then went on Encarta to determine what it was. And uh, on Encarta at the time, it said that they were only in South America. And we really felt like we should probably ring the National Science Service or whatever. <laughs> It's huge news. Yeah, like, did you guys know? They, they're they busting out. They're up here. They've made mainland. Or it's just a, it's a different species altogether. Who knows? Yeah. The famed Plano Nutria. Yeah, no, it could be named after me <laughs> if I followed through. But I don't know. It just makes me think, like, you know, like, him fucking being like, I'm just going to swim around and see what, like, fuck around and see what happens. Like, it's not that different than, like, going around and being like, you know, I'm going to try and find a new animal species. Like, the chances of both seem roughly similar to me, except, like, it fucking worked for him. And yeah. so, you know. Higher stakes, too. Maybe I could have. Uh, can you give me, like, a thumbnail on why I'm starting to see all these stories again about the grid this summer? Did nothing change? Definitely not. Nothing no, at all? Nothing changed. Okay. No. Just wanted to prepare myself to be without power for days on end multiple times this summer. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the grid got worse from last summer, I don't think, did it? I don't know. Maybe it's just getting, it's just that it's getting hotter. We're having more extreme weather events. Well, that's obviously not true. I don't know. Like, not, not enough, probably. That wasn't me challenging the idea of global warming. I'm saying that last summer and so far this summer seem to me to be drastically more temperate than most of the summers i remember i feel like we would have had 100 degree days by now for sure yeah and the, the rain is barely certainly. hit the 90s so what's different how come nobody was talking last year about how we're going to be without power for multiple times in the summer well i mean obviously it's because the it, like what like i i think that we're like all i mean the nature of our thing is it's it seems like we have a shitty grid and it's always about to go out because i remember plenty of times where they were like you know rolling brownouts could be happening and then they just didn't see i don't remember that at all yeah i think i, I mean it's one of those things where like until it actually happens who gives a shit right yeah like you know i can't uh, like if they need me to go down there and like spin the wheel or whatever to make the power i i can do that but <laughs> are you sure I don't, I don't think that's how we're gonna handle this so how about all just the rest of y'all handle it uh so they uh, they invited the the girl who got mad about being called fart on Fox News. That's my understanding. Yes. What show? That's a great question. It I wasn't Tucker. Though. Someone had the answer. Because if, the, if no, it, was it was Tucker, I was hoping you could find it quickly and we could just enjoy her work. No, it was it was during the day today. This or it says six fifty Central Time, I guess. On the, I just have a screen grab. Oh, she's probably with the Fox and Friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a picture of California behind her because she lives in California. So, yeah, if you get bullied to the point where people are calling you fart, 
enough times, you can start doing news hits. How social media fuels anti-Semitism, which in this case, we just mean people calling a woman fart. <laughs> How will they ever get through it? Man, I got to tell you, uh, for about a week now, I've been thinking of that uh, Ozzy Osbourne clip at least a dozen times a <laughs> he day. He died. <laughs> I know. No. <laughs> like I, in my head, it's almost better that I don't have the video because I'm just doing a facsimile of it. Yeah. And it's probably even more awesome in my head than it was then. Yeah. But uh, that was some of your finer work. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've, I've never had something so short that I enjoyed so much. <laughs> so have you been, uh, did you sell all your GameStop stock? A couple months ago? Yeah, I mean, don't tell your brother. I feel like he'd take it personally, but I don't currently own any. That's correct. He called me. Uh, I mean, it, I was about today. to buy some more after hearing his spiel. Oh, yeah. He's got the whole thing down. I mean, that shareholder meeting seems important. <laughs> yeah. It, hey, look. It does. Like, I know I'm laughing. Like, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go. <laughs> you, you and he are going to attend? It's just right by my house. You see the big man in person? <laughs> Ryan. Ryan, yeah, <laughs> it's right by my house. Hey, Ryan, guy, can we get a can we get an autograph? Cobro, it's literally right by my house. Yeah, I know. You could walk six nine at four twenty. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh huh. <laughs> How you feeling about GameStop? No, just physical well being right now. Oh no, I'm fine, dude. I I mean, I got too much to say about Ellie Kemper to stop now. Who's that? You missed this whole thing. Surely you didn't. You just don't remember her name. Uh, the girl, Erin from The Office. Oh, I saw something about it, but I didn't really recognize her. Okay. In, was she like in later seasons or something? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, she didn't look familiar to me, so I just kept it moving. Like it wasn't, it wasn't later, later, later seasons. Like she, it's not like she just showed up for the end. She was there for a while. She was there with Michael Scott. Like, uh, because the, the scissor me scene, she's the one throwing him scissors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that scene. I've not seen that episode Okay, in full. So, well, you know, what's uh, the, story? the rest of America is asking, what are you doing, bud? It's good. It's good stuff. <sighs> the rest of us have seen it like six times each. I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but. He doesn't like the office. I like the office. It just, after a few seasons, I was kind of like, I get it. You know, I don't know that you did. I just didn't – I didn't have the lust to enjoy. And, you know, the other thing, too, is we've tried a couple times to have, like, uh, a nighttime chill show. Yeah. Rather than, like, just watching the news. Yeah. And we've tried a couple times to, like, go back through it, and it just never really takes. I mean – It takes every time. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it quite a bit the first few seasons. I really did. But I, I don't – I'm not as stoked on The Office as everyone else is. So uh, – I'm going to bet that you have not seen The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That would be correct. She's also in that. And, yeah, I mean, she's in stuff. She's in uh, – I don't even know why I'm doing this. She's in Bridesmaids. She's good in it. But, again, uh, you probably haven't had a chance. Oh, I've seen Bridesmaids. Okay. Well, she's in it. I'm not going to tell you what my opinion was on it because I don't okay. want you to get mad. All right. Um, well, so the story started circulating like – is I I I meant to research where like who was the first person to like put this out there, but it was one of those things where it had already gotten so far along 
by the time I showed up that it was unclear. Yeah, it's tough to unspool a lot of these controversies. Yeah, and you just had a lot of people who were just fucking stealers, you know, where they're like tweeting about it as if they came up with it, and they probably didn't. No. But uh, they were calling her a KKK princess. Okay, that's quite the charge. <laughs> they said that she uh, entered and won a KKK beauty pageant as a 19-year-old. Didn't know that existed, but... Now that you say it, it kind of makes sense that it does. It doesn't, dude. It doesn't? I, I, th I think that she's being pretty wronged here. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to make sure that our listeners stand up for the sanctity of Ellie Kemper. <laughs> You're always talking about it. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm stoked. When I said it makes sense that it happens, I just figure like, I figured they have like. They have social activities. They're yeah, a social group. I, right. No. Yeah. No. They're a hate group that i'm saying probably i that would imagine also has like propagates their hate message through, through social, social activities there you Whatever. go thank you, you know what i mean yeah well <laughs> it is important to be precise you're right um but no in uh in st louis there's she's from st louis uh her family appears to be extremely rich which like you know of course uh i have the same contempt for that sort of thing as everyone else does but like what are you going to do? She didn't pick her parents. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not, I don't know what she does. I saw like something about how she like posted positive Black Lives Matter messages. And like, I would just assume that she has the same milk toast views as any fucking liberal Brand. in Hollywood. Or yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Uh, you know, she's probably got something up about Pride Month, I would assume. Yep. Got to. Um, by the way, tried the uh, Shake Shack Pride Month shake today. That's amazing. What are we working with? Made me mad I wasn't gay. What? Uh, I mean, I just feel like then I could really like get hyped about it, you know? What's like in it's, it? It's uh, it's a lot of blueberry. Okay. But it's it's still it's a Shake Shack shack, so it's not like a blueberry smoothie. It's like they flavoring. They're using the blueberry to flavor the ice cream. It's real thick and blueberry, just a real strong blueberry presence. I haven't had a milkshake in a really long time. Well, try this one. Well, it'll I make you mad that Pride Month isn't for you because it's not for me. That's what I'm saying. But you're getting to enjoy it just the same. That is but kind it's of not a, just the same because I'm sipping it and I'm like, they didn't make this for me. It's nice they're letting me enjoy it. <laughs> that that is a slick move that the brands do to drum up business, but then donate a small portion of it to a. An, an advocacy cause you know yeah and the rest uh, the same exactly super packs that yeah. they're going to yeah um but so she entered and won uh i believe the time that she entered i, I know the at the time she entered it it was just known as fair st louis it's like the st louis's big fourth of july celebration it's got a parade okay and there's some festivities now it changed the name to fair st louis in 1992 before that, it was known as, uh, I forget the name exactly, the Parade of the Veiled Prophet. Veiled Prophet is the big thing. Veiled Prophet, Queen of Love and Beauty. That Yeah, that was, that was like what she won. She was the Veiled Prophet, Queen of Love and Beauty. Okay. And uh, it's some weird shit. It's some real fucking straight true detective season one shit. She's like 20 at the time? 19, yeah. And, like, this happened in 1999. So, like, start there. Do I think that anyone should be able to be held liable for things that they did in 1999? Well, sure, I, I hope not. 
Yeah. Like, it's not going to go good for me if we're judging people from then on. It's not going to go well for just about anybody. Yeah, you know, that 99 to 01 years, I, I've, I've got some behavior that people might find reprehensible. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, like, I think that it started out as whoever found this initially is just making wild accusations. Because, I mean, whatever, dude. I'm not here to, like, say that this weird-ass fucking... Rich people wearing masks like uh, bullshit is uh, I'm not here to defend it at all. I think it's fucking bad. And, you know, like the the there's an Atlantic article circulating that was written about it before uh, written about the veiled profit stuff before this all blew up and people started sharing it as a result. And I read it and it's good. Um, you know, it's it's talking about how uh, the year before it was started, there was a large union action um, along the, uh, railroads. And so the, one of the motivations for making the parade was just to kind of suck up the attention, you know, like if, if this is dominating the news cycle, then hopefully we can push out any stories about unrest and, you know, people trying to agitate for more wages and we can all just shut the fuck up and enjoy this nice parade, which, you know, is uh, counterproductive to our ideals, but Typically, whenever you want to crush a labor strike, you do something a lot less fun than a parade. Yeah, no, it's better than shooting all of them. <laughs> right, yeah. right, or burning the building well, down where they're uh, working. Don't worry, they did that too. Okay, well. They, they had a two-pronged approach. Okay. And um, the veiled prophet is like, you know, there's a person that's selected as the veiled prophet. They wear a hood the entire time. You can see how they ended yeah. up with the uh, KKK parade business. Um, but it's not like it was founded by the KKK. It was founded by, you know, fucking elites and that's in St. Louis at the time who, you know, like, uh, it's not some nefarious, like, I mean, like, like it's not mysterious. It's not like KKK shrouded and whatever. It's just normal rich people trying to crush poor people so they can exploit them. In the 1870s. Yeah. 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 You're going to have some crossover. Yeah. And then, you know, as it goes along, I mean, I don't know. It seems like for the most part that people regard it as super fucking weird now and stay away from it. Like it's, I don't get the sense that it did turn into something that like everyone everywhere in St. Louis treats as like, this is our event. But uh, the thing that I immediately thought about and where I'm saying that anyone here that's tweeting about Ellie Kemper, like she's a terrible person. If you've been to the Texas State Fair, then I think you're about as implicated as she is. It seems like the same shit to me. Like the fair has always been run by the rich elites of our society. It is today. They have done a ton of terrible things in the name of that. Uh, like fucking, you know, just forcing black people out of their houses so they can knock them over and build a ring of parking around. Not because they gave a shit about parking, but because they gave a shit about fucking having some distance from you ruffians. And, you know, obviously the KKK loved the fucking fair back whenever it was, uh, they were big. Um, the fair didn't allow black people for a long time. And then once it did just had one day yeah. to make sure that we didn't have to mix with, uh, other races, you know? Uh, but I, I, if you go today with your family, I encourage you to have a good time. I like going to the fair, you know, like it's, it fucking sucks. And it's, it's somewhat different because the fair doesn't have like, you know, big tech isn't as weird as... Yeah, like, the imagery is not yeah. as, like, yeah. culty. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's, if, if you're saying like institutions that have racist roots, like anyone participating in them is themselves then should be like judged as a racist, like then, you know, then you certainly have never been to the fair, I would hope, or else you're being a hypocrite. I don't know. I'm, I'm not here to like try and stand in the way of progress. It just doesn't really feel like progress to me to you know, have some intentional misunderstandings about exactly what she was entered in and then try to say that this person who seems innocent enough to me is a terrible racist. I mean, if you have more proof that she's a terrible racist, please, by all means, present it. You know, I'd like to root out the racists, but if the best you got is that 20 fucking years ago, she was in a beauty pageant that was big in her city that like a hundred years before that had, I mean, whatever, dude, it's, you know, I'm, like, it's not like the only time that it's been bad or done bad things was 100 years ago. I'm sure that the people yeah. involved in it fucking today are trying to exploit races and poor people of all kinds, uh, you know, to make more money for themselves. I, what do you want to bet that uh, the McCloskeys are on the board? Oh, of the, my uh, goodness. The yeah. profit. Gun or have been. Oh, there's no doubt. He's yeah. probably been the VP at least once. Yeah, but they uh, they... They themselves came out and said who the Veiled Prophet was the first time and have kept it a secret ever since. Uh, the one the first time where they were like, see, this is just good, clean fun, is the police chief who was leading the force, putting down the fucking uh, union picketers at the time. Um, and then uh, civil rights activists in St. Louis like uh, snatched the hood off one time in the 70s. And it was uh, like a top VP at Monsanto. What's that? Finance? <laughs> no, the fucking poisoning everyone company. Oh. The like, you know, uh, agriculture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to be clear about this too, though. Like, so in the photo, what, what does she have any sort of uh, questionable garb or anything? Or it's just a part of this thing with a gross history? Yeah, I, I think it's just, I think she's just like in a regular like beauty pageant dress. Okay. I mean, she's arm in arm with the veiled prophet, which fucking looks weird, but what are you going to do? And like uh, the thing that they're referring back to is like a newspaper article. Like it's not like this is some big secret. Like they printed it in the fucking paper. It's not, you know. Yeah, it's not like she's asked him to take it down or anything. Like she probably just never really thought anything of it. Yeah. Yeah, I can almost promise you too that like one of the uh, what was the, the the Bush son that was the wildest George W. No, 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 Beer. Like when we were doing. Oh yeah, I yeah, bet yeah. You, I guarantee you they were big in this game. Yeah, Adolphus the fourth or whatever. Yeah, I think it was the fourth, whichever one it was. I don't know if it was Augustus or Adolphus. I think it was the fourth one who might have had like a Ted Kennedy situation. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, it was a drug driving. He killed a woman. You told me about that. Yeah, yeah, and they managed to make it go away as an aside do you think most people under like actually know why the adolphus in downtown is called that i don't know i mean you know certainly it's like common knowledge amongst fucking nerds such as myself but how many of us are there i would assume not that many i'd been there a couple times before i figured that out yeah that the older bush just wanted to be able to get his cold beer yeah, and just, you know, he visited Dallas and wanted a cool place to stay, whatever he did. Yeah. Had some business to attend to, so he Once built I, a giant fucking 
beautiful hotel. Baller move. It's uh, it's tight to be at the head of a fucking empire. But like to your back to your point about the fair too, and it's the Texas, the State Fair of Texas, and I I've heard some of these things. I've read some of the stuff that Pete's written over the years about it. Um, but I would bet that applies to just about every fair. I don't know every, but a lot of them. Anyone that's a certain number of years old. Yeah. I like in 1900, how many fairs do I think that allowed all races to mix? I bet it was zero. Well, I mean, that's a pretty broad, if you apply that rubric to it, that's going to be like every business. Yeah. But it's also when you have like the, this sounds like this one has maybe somewhere on the spectrum of a little bit more objectionable history. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe not more than Dallas's because I do know Dallas's is, is, is pretty regard is regarded pretty widely as bad for the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, even though it stimulates, you know, a lot of businesses, but just the, the construction of it. But my point I was going to make is just sometimes I think this, when I see people reacting to stuff on, on Twitter about sports teams, like I have very bad news for every sports fan. Yeah. Like most of the people who run the teams that you cheer for all engage in stuff that you would find shitty. Yeah. Like if you're the type of person who's really mad about anything on Twitter, uh, I can – let's say you're mad about Trump, right? I promise you that the Rangers owners are not unique in the fact that maybe they're kind of shitty when it comes to my idea of social – progress right they just they've stepped they in it a few more times like uh attempting to gun for uh the worst ones but it's, yeah but i think that's really more of like, matter did you of degrees. read the story about their pride stuff yeah yeah they're the only team that doesn't have a pride event they declined questions about it yeah we, we talked about it a little bit today yeah. they had one in 2003 um and it drew so much such wide protest that they just were like we're not doing this again and I said that to Dan today. I was like, if they did it again today, people would protest it. You think so? I don't. I mean, it might well, not be like it was in 2003. 2003. That's true. That's On true. that issue specifically, there's a ton of stuff, you know, like... It's the same. Workers are getting crushed by about the same amount, uh, if not worse. Uh, but yeah, on that issue in particular, that and marijuana are the two great movers of our time. But like, here's a good example, right? Like, whether it's the specific team or the specific league, I don't know anybody who used to watch sports, who has decided to stop watching them because of their beliefs. Yeah. I mean, people talk about it. I know some people have said, like, I'm watching less now, uh, whether you're this side or that side. But, like, did you see this AP story today about the NFL? No. Okay. I haven't had a chance to, like, really dig in on this because it's a pretty meaty topic. But apparently the NFL, for years, as far as their process of – Deciding what to pay players in brain injury claims. That they were using something called race norming. Have you ever heard this term? No, I, I, I have a guess, but no. A couple of, uh, a pair of black players filed a civil rights lawsuit uh, over this practice. And basically the NFL was saying, well, we really don't think we should be paying you much because your brain wasn't working very well in the first place because you're a minority. <laughs> It seems bad over and they're going to have to pay out a ton about this. And today they pledged to halt the use of it. Not 10 years ago. This is being found yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pledged If you filed a claim yesterday, they were like, eh, well, this right. one is defective black brains. Like that is insane, Jeez, dude. dude. And you know what? 
no one's going to not watch the NFL over it. Yeah, that's correct. But, you know, uh, a lot of your favorite athletes work for these people and you don't look at them and say, hey, I'm not I, – I, I, you're not going to look at them and say like I have a problem with Dak Prescott because he works for the NFL and the NFL has racist uh, practices about them. And that's almost like what they're doing with this lady is by basically saying like she's doing something that anybody would do. as a, You know, I don't know. It just seems like a really weird stretch. Yeah, the crime here is growing up rich in St. Louis essentially. Right. And like if you think that we should tar and feather everyone who's grown up rich in St. Louis, I mean, I don't know. I can kind of get behind it. But it doesn't seem like that's what you're saying. It seems like you want to single out her like just because she was on a show you watched. I don't know. I might just single out her because I'm never really a big fan of when I find out that somebody who had it really, really great like ended up getting pretty lucky in the entertainment industry. Yeah, no, someone was – That makes a lot less sense yeah, uh, from my view. tweeted about that of like <laughs> – yeah, this any time it's a betrayal, you know. Yeah. Like you just you assume that they uh, just had to be working in shitty comedy clubs. Yes, riding couches the whole time. Yes, you know. Yes, it drives it does drive me somewhat crazy, and that's that's the real coin flip of visiting the Wikipedia because inevitably, someone that you think rules, you're going to see that they went to like the most prestigious high school, yeah. private high school in Philadelphia, and it's like, damn. Because we've talked about this before, that's when you just think, I never had a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I never had a shot. It was never going to happen. I didn't go to the cool magnet school. I never had a shot. Yeah, I don't know what's going to come of this NFL story. They're going to have to review all these insurance claims. And what's come of it is that they're saying, we'll stop now. In 2021. I mean, I'll be interested. <laughs> like, I, you know, whenever you say all that, I assume that they're going to have to, like, pay a bunch of money. But... Their lawyers wouldn't have allowed that practice continue unless they thought that they could defend it in court. That's true. Or so are they going to attempt to? Uh, I don't know yet. Like I said, I got to take have in NFL here. paid lawyers like standing in front of diagrams being like, this is a white man's brain. Uh, and like if I'm, if I'm the union, I'm making sure that every single one of my players is aware of this. Oh, sure. And it's ammo for whenever, you know, you start – being yeah. told that you can't kneel. Do you, you want can't to strike against that? the guys who say that you have bad brains? Exactly. Exactly. I do. Yeah. No, I think they, they need to hammer home among their uh, workforce these sorts of things. But in reality, I imagine this will probably just kind of come and go. Yeah. I don't know. Um, You've held up well. Thank you. I've got I've got a couple more. Th I mean, I don't think I'm going to get to all of them, but I've I've got – there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things going on in the world. Have you uh, have you covered Little Loaded? No, that I saw that story and you know I was like, am I supposed to know who this is? And I've never see. Heard of I him. whenever I was in Houston a couple months ago, uh, one of the dudes that I was hanging out with, Will, uh, he was big. He was telling me the story like, and he was fucking. He was like getting emotional talking about it, like reasonably so, because it's a fucking sad ass story. Prior to the uh, addendum that happened this week. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a rapper in Dallas. Uh, he has a video that has a bunch of views. I watched it. It's some people standing in front of an apartment, like yelling loud, uh, which is to say that I I did like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so his he goes by a little loaded. Uh, that of course works on a couple different levels. Pretty good name if you think about it. Yeah, I'm a little loaded. Um, but you know, also the gun is loaded. Sure. 
And uh, he was, you know, continuing to fuck around and like film him and his friends doing shit with loaded guns. And one of them went off and <laughs> hit his fucking best friend who died. Wait, so I thought he died. He did die. Wait, okay. So who's Lil Loaded has passed? This thing that I'm telling you about oh, transpired. Uh, months ago. Like November, I think, of last year. And he's been awaiting trial on, you know, fucking murder charges because he killed his best friend. And his best friend was filming at the time. Mm. And so there's video from his fucking perspective of the kid shooting him by mistake. And then, yeah, this weekend, fucking Lil Loaded killed himself. Oh, he killed himself? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if that's been confirmed, confirmed, but he, they, his family confirmed that he died. And shortly before he died, he had a post that was then deleted that was like, you know, fucking God forgive me, see y'all later kind of thing. Jesus, dude. But yeah, just, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's the kind of thing where like you should, I mean, with all this stuff, like it's not like everyone, I guess, is a product of their environment, but like. We're also just individual people on our own tracks doing our own things. Like, what effect does it have on me exactly? That, like, you know, does it mean that I'm raising Izzy poorly because I live in a city where, like, this has occurred? I don't know. I don't think so. But, uh, you know, it also gives you pause. I mean, certainly, like, the, the angle that my friend was harping on, I think he would be in a better position to understand this sort of thing than I would. And I was asking you about it because I think that you would be, too, and I'm interested in your perspective is uh, that he immediately went to that there's someone behind the camera and that person's probably an adult and they probably see dollar signs with these, you know, 28 million views on the fucking YouTube video and they're kind of like orchestrating this. Uh, that, whenever he was describing that, it called to mind uh, Lil Tay who uh, popped back up on Instagram a couple weeks ago with like a very cryptic. My dad's been yeah like stealing my money and holding me down and Lil Tay's got a lot going on. Free Lil Tay, yeah. But I mean, like it kind of lays bare that I think it was her mom, and I think there's like another there's like a dude involved, right? At points, but just whenever you see a fucking child you know, throwing money around and getting into cars and being like, fuck y'all, I'm Lil Tay. It's clearly there's an adult standing behind the camera telling them to do this stuff. And, you know, Lil Loaded's, I think he's, you know, as of last week was 18. Um, so he's not like six, but I think this stuff has been going on for a couple years with him. And it does seem reasonable to me that someone who should have known much fucking better was handing kids fucking loaded assault rifles and being like, hey, go play with these, make some cool we'll videos, film and put them up on YouTube, give me a bunch of fucking money. And it's just a fucked up situation. It's definitely something you should talk to Brick about. Yeah, 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 for because sure. Because that's like an entire, you yeah, know, that's an entire know little uh, cottage industry almost. Yeah, like yeah. Like that, that sort of dude. And it, yeah. The, preying know. upon them. I mean, if you're helping a younger person find the fame and fortune they're seeking, that's cool. If the way you're doing that is ignoring gun safety and now as a result, two fucking, you know, young men are dead. Uh, that's pretty fucked up. You know, someone someone who knew better should have done something. And it is happening in our city. So I did want to comment on it. 
Yeah, that's a story that's, uh, you know, that's a behind the music type story that's as old as time. And it does obviously seem to happen a little bit more uh, in hip hop culture, not exclusive to it. And yeah. maybe that part is the gun part is more exclusive to the, exclusive to them. But I mean, think about like fucking Lou Pearlman. Like that dude made them a lot of money, but also did not the, the boy band guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, like I was thinking of Ron Perlman. I was like, what did he do? No, Ron Perlman. I don't think was ever like a finder and fixer. Seems of the like music. a legend. <laughs> oh, like Lou Pearlman. I mean, yeah, guys like that. That's that's all they're doing is. You know, they're basically just sucking, uh, you know, profit out of other people with very little concern for the long-term outcome for them. Yeah, that shit's crazy. I, I mean, I just, I have no idea. Like, you just see it over and over and over for decades with, uh, I mean, you, I understand the dynamics, but I have to think that, like, every 17-year-old out there who plays music at all has to be, like, they've seen A behind the music by now. And must be aware that these are rapacious contracts. And I mean, I think it is changing. You know, things like fucking Chance not signing a record deal, you know? Yeah. I think is proof that, uh, you know, they, they understand. Some people out there have the capability of understanding that everything's in their favor and they can play it this way where they keep control of their shit. But I just don't know. I mean, I understand how technology plays a role in that, but I don't know, dude. Uh, how many fucking decades? Like, I just feel like by the 90s, it was pretty clear that was the game that was being played. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, the fucking Beatles, dude. Yeah. They're not happy with their deals. Like, if how do you not... How does everyone not know that the Beatles got fucked over? And if the Beatles can get fucked over, then of course you can too. So don't fucking sign something just because Big Lou said to. Do <laughs> uh, you want to do your other thing or you want to save it for tomorrow? Um, we can talk about it. I mean, yeah, we've got like, uh, we're not even at an hour yet. Um, so a while ago, a couple months ago, we talked about, uh, Excel classmate of mine that, uh, is in jail currently. And I asked for, for help finding documents about his case. And I had a ton of people send me stuff and it was very helpful and I appreciate all of them. Um, I found like the first one. Like the first one that someone sent me that had a pretty full accounting of things, I read it. I think I might have read the second one too. And then after that, it was just kind of like, okay, it probably says the same stuff as the other stuff and all this is legalese and, you know, whatever. Um, and then uh, I was corresponding with an Excel classmate uh, who had listened to Life Skills and gotten back in touch. And there's been a ton of that going on. It's been really, really cool. Um, but he like kind of made mention of like, yeah, dude, I think some of the dudes I was with like fucking are in jail now. And so I was going to try and tell him about uh, the thing with that guy. And uh, so I, I pulled back up. You know, I didn't remember exactly which ones I'd read. So I pulled one up and just started reading to just be like, if this is a good summary, then I'll just send it to him or whatever. And the one I pulled up was the first one I had seen. It appears to me that he's like, that my friend is writing it himself in jail. Like it's a, it looks like court documents. Like, you know how court documents have that heading? Yeah. Um, like the bar in between and the, you know, the stuff, but he's like, just like drawing that himself and like just handwriting this court document. I think it's him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's got a lawyer who doesn't own a computer who the fuck knows, or it could be an inmate with him. It's someone, it's someone's handwriting and, uh, it's him presenting his side of it. 
And I don't know, dude. It made me feel bad for coming on here and presenting the court record version uh, because it kind of seems like my friend got fucked over. So the version that I told, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, like there's a lot of nuanced ways to look at this, but the version that I told was that my friend was at a uh, self-storage place. Some people he knew that he knew he had beef with, like, popped out, you know, somehow found out he's going to be there and, uh, like, held a gun to him and I think we're trying to, like, steal from him. I think that I initially thought it might be, like, there was some kind of, it was some kind of drug deal gone bad or something. Um, But I, I, yeah, so, and then he manages to get away from them, um, has a gun, and comes upon a security officer who's like just chilling in his car because this is at night. So like he's running across from the uh, self-storage place to like there's a strip mall across the street where there's a security guard watching over the strip mall. And, you know, in the thing he got convicted for, uh, and he's in jail now and will be until 2030, um, is, uh, or, you know, who the fuck knows how release works? I don't, but that's how long he says. Um is that uh, he walked up on the security guard, held the gun to the security guard. It was like, give me your car. I got to get out of here. Um, now, what he said, and then there's a scuffle, and uh, the security guard shot him. Okay. Like, in the scuffle, <laughs> my friend did not shoot the security guard. The security guard shot him. So then, at that point, it's my friend on the ground with a bullet hole in him, cops on their way. They show up. The security guard's like, yeah, he was trying to carjack me, so fucking... Kill or be killed, had to shoot him. And so they took away my friend and fucking, you know, charged him with trying to rob the security guard. What he says happened is, you know, that all the beginning stuff plays out where, you know, he's he's got, it's, I think that he says it as, uh, that he was attempting to get out of the life he was in. That he wanted to break with these people and that's why they were mad at him. He's trying to go straight, uh, but they, you know, think that he owes them something. And so they're, you know, trying to fuck with him. And so he gets away um, and, like, has a gun, you know, like, is running away with a gun. But says, like, that he he puts it down on the security guard's car and, like, knocks on the window. And uh, says the guy was just startled, you know, like, that he'd been asleep or whatever. Um, And uh, also indicated that, like, you know, whenever he made the 911 call, I think that, like, his English was poor. So, like, just that, that... the guy's probably under a lot of confusion, right? Like he's just been asleep. Like fucking, I mean, my friend's a somewhat imposing looking dude. He's uh, you know, he's a big boy, thick shoulders. Uh, and fucking, um, the guy just like freaks out and shoots, him, you know? And like, like without my friend pointing his gun right. first and being like, this is a stick up, you know I mean? Like the thing he's in jail for is armed robbery of, you know, attempting to steal that car. And so if it's a gun that's down and he's just asking politely, could you please get me some help, uh, then he hasn't committed a crime. The thing he's in jail for, he didn't do. Um, and whenever you just look at it objectively, this is, I try not to just, you know, I mean, like, I know that my bias is towards the less powerful part, like the person in jail, I'm always sympathetic about. And like, I know this guy. So like, obviously I have a soft spot in my heart for him. Um, he was nice to me. Uh, but if you just think about it, if you know nothing else, then 
one dude shot another. Like, there's a person standing over another with a gun. Like, wouldn't your priors say, like, 60-40 that the person who did the more aggressive thing is the one who's standing over the guy who's bleeding on the ground? I mean, it's tough to know if that's all If that's all you know about it, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, like, yeah. that, I, I don't think that anyone should make any court decisions based on just that information. Yeah. Like, let's all find out some more things. And ultimately, I do have to defer to the people in the jury knew more about it than I do. I did not sit through the entire trial. I don't know what was presented. I don't know, you know, like how it sounded, how it looked, how it felt. I mean, all that stuff, I think, tends to lead to bad verdicts, if that's all you're paying attention to. But I'm just saying, like, the fucking jury, you know, uh, I I know how dumb juries can be because I was on one filled with idiots. And I got <laughs> to hear them talk. And uh, it's scary stuff. But uh, fucking, you know, I, I still, you, I understand the court system and process, you know, like those people dedicated a couple of days of their life to finding out all the evidence in this case and made a decision on it. Whereas I'm just reading a couple of documents after the fact. So I do have some deference to the jury, but I'm just saying like, you know, as a, where, where the seeds of doubt start in my mind is yeah. That if, if I'm seeing, uh, you know, this scene of one dude standing over another, having just shot him, like, do I think that the person on the ground committed a crime? It's definitely possible, but I, again, I would say 60-40 against. That would that'd be where I start. And so to get to 100% chance that my friend did the thing, like beyond a reasonable doubt my friend did the thing, I don't know, man. That seems tough. And what are we going to do about it? I don't fucking know. You know, if anyone out there is the uh, head of the Texas Innocence Project, hit me <laughs> up. Um, it's just tough too, man. Anytime you have a weapon on you and you're not a cop or a security guard, and you don't, I mean, I doubt had like a license to be carrying it. Yeah. When something goes sideways, like you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt a lot of times. Yeah. Like yeah. if you just have a gun. And you know, crazy. I mean, that's, that's why not to do that shit, you know, yeah. like don't fucking mix with criminal elements. Don't do criminal shit because like fucking this stuff happens too easy without you meaning it to, you know, like you don't even need to do anything wrong and fucking shit can just fucking find you. You should, you should write him. Maybe I will. I don't know. I'll All right. burn him a CD of the podcast. <laughs> Go Mavs. Yeah. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.